sheep. Give me a sheep sound. Oh, you are so good at that. It's a little concerning how good you are at that. Sheep, sheep, sheep. Jesus says that we are sheep. Sheep have a reputation for being foolish, vulnerable, directionless, a little dumb. Sheep, the Bible says we're like sheep. It doesn't say that we're like cheetahs or wolves or bears. It says we are like sheep. And sheep aren't smart. There's a story that, had, that was in the news a while back. It, was, it took place in eastern Turkey. And there were shepherds, modern-day shepherds, that were keeping track of sheep in Turkey. And I th- th- think there were about 1,500 sheep in this flock. Well, the shepherds decided that they were going to go have breakfast together and didn't leave anybody in charge of the sheep. And so at one point, the sheep wandered off, and they, were on by the, by a, they went to an edge of a cliff, And because sheep follow sheep, because sheep aren't that smart and they just follow who's there in front of them, one of them went off the edge of the cliff, then the one following it went off the edge of the cliff, then the next one off the edge of the cliff, and one by one, the entire flock of 1,500 sheep went down uh, uh, about, uh, what's 15 meters? How many feet is that? 45, oh, you guys are good. Uh, 45 feet. So they they dropped this far. 1,500 sheep went off this cliff. Well, the first 400 sheep died. But after that, the other sheep started landing on this, like, nice, soft, bouncy pillow (laughs) of wool, and the rest of them lived. (laughs) Sheep tend to follow sheep, and sheep tend to be directionless without the guidance of a shepherd. And Jesus knew that this was true about people, too. He tells us, you follow what you see. You look at the person next to you and you follow what you see. We've known other people who've seen this too. We've watched this in other people's lives where we we watch people go off the cliff because other people in front of them are going off the cliff. A lot of times, those who are shepherdless and without without a good shepherd in their lives, they aren't deliberately or intentionally seeking destruction. They're not trying to go off the edge of the cliff. They're hoping that somebody will lead them to what they want. But sheep wander. Sheep are directionless. Sheep need a shepherd. Jesus talks a lot in scripture about shepherds and sheep. And he describes sheep as as people who need shepherds, people who need spiritual leaders in their lives. He says that he himself is the good shepherd. He's the shepherd of all shepherds. And then he calls out his followers to be the shepherds under him. To be, as the King James Version puts it, the under-shepherds underneath the great shepherd. Today's our last Sunday in the 5,000 series as we're looking at Mark chapter 6 and we're looking at Jesus feeding the multitude of 5,000. It's springtime. It's close to Passover. Everything at Passover revolves around sheep. And the people go out to hear Jesus teach. They find him in a remote place where there is no food, no villages, no towns around. It's a remote place on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus decides to feed the people. He feeds them spiritually and he feeds them physically. 
And it tells us in this passage that Jesus directs all the people. At one point, he's getting ready to feed them the food, and he directs them to sit down in groups on the green grass. That's Mark chapter 6, verse 39. It says Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. So he organizes them for the purpose of the food distribution. He has them be seated. The, the Greek word actually is lie down. He has them lie down and recline as if they're getting ready to have a meal. And the lead shepherd counts off and organizes them into groups. I love the, the Greek description that's used to, to describe what's happening here. It has this picture of laying out garden plots, uh, sectioning off squares as you would in a garden. And so the, the message version of this passage says, Jesus got them all to sit down in groups of 50 or 100. They looked like a patchwork quilt of wildflowers spread out on the green grass. Can you just picture that? It kind of captures the, the meaning of the word here. There's this green grass. It's springtime. There's not always green grass in this location in Israel, but it's springtime, so there's green grass, and they all lie down in the green grass by the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is making his sheep to lie down in green pastures and leading them beside the still waters. The passage goes like this, Mark chapter 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up, to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The key verse to look at today is this one. When Jesus landed, and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus comes to this remote place on the shores of the Sea of Galilee in this green grassy place, and when he arrives there, by the time he gets there, there's already a crowd that has gathered that is forming and forming and forming. And when Jesus arrives, what is it that he sees? He looks around, he sees the people, and his heart is stirred with compassion. He saw shepherdless sheep. He saw people who were longing for direction. 
he saw people who were just going to go off the cliff without the leadership. He saw people who, who were vulnerable to danger. And his heart broke. He saw people who were weak with spiritual and physical needs and they didn't know how to get what they needed. And so he saw the hunger and the vulnerability and the lack of direction and he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. This is our world today, church. People, shepherdless, directionless, trying to find purpose in life, trying to find direction, trying to find what this human life is all about. People who are hungry, people who are lost and don't know their shepherd, people who are vulnerable in ways that don't even know that they are vulnerable. They don't know there's a cliff right there. Shepherdless sheep. And as we talked about last week, what Jesus does with his followers is he says, if you are a follower of me, I'm going to call you out to be separate from the multitude, and I want you to feed them. I'm going to call you out of the multitude. You are my followers, and I want you to go and see what resources we have. I want you to take the offering of the bread and the fish, and I want you to distribute it. I want you to become shepherds of the sheep, too. Jesus calls out spiritual leaders from the multitude. The Gospel of John tells uh, of an event that happens between the disciples and Jesus after Jesus resurrects from the dead. So Jesus has come back to life. He's, he's just resurrected, and the disciples are still trying to figure out, okay, what do we do with Jesus? We kind of have a new relationship with him now in this moment. And uh, John chapter 1 describes this, this situation. John 21, verse 9. When they, the disciples, landed, they were on a boat in the Sea of Galilee again. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. So here we have the disciples once again getting off of a boat, once again being invited to eat and to fill their hunger, once again being presented with bread and fish. John 21, verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, can you read out loud what he says? Feed my lambs. Verse 16, again Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, let's say it together, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. He is now inviting Peter, he is inviting the disciples 
to be the shepherds, to feed the sheep, to seek the lost, to go after those wandering, to protect those who are in danger, to nourish those who have need, to feed those who are hungry for salvation. And we are commissioned to be shepherds of the lost. In 1 Peter chapter 5, later in the New Testament, the Apostle Peter is encouraging his disciples with these words. He's, he's challenging his, his, his leaders in the church. He says, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. He's calling us to spiritual leadership. Jesus called Peter, Peter called his leaders, and spiritual leaders through the generations have been calling out spiritual leaders. In Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul writes this, verse 28, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Jesus has challenged us to spiritual leadership. He's called us out of the multitude. He said, you're my followers. There is a need for spiritual leadership. There is a need for shepherds. I'm calling you. And so we have here, first of all, a challenge to spiritual leadership. Now keep in mind, church, that at this point, at the stage of the disciples' spiritual journeys themselves, they are very young in their faith. They haven't even realized that Jesus is going to be crucified and come back to life yet. They don't even have the resurrection bit figured out yet. They, there's a lot they don't know. They are young in the faith, and Jesus says, that's okay. I've called you. I've called you to be shepherds. The invitation is here for us to be spiritual leaders. Jesus, in this passage in Mark chapter 6, is moved by compassion for the lost sheep of Israel. And so what does he do when he's moved with compassion? It says, so he began teaching them. He starts to teach. And, and he also says, all right, these sheep need something. He says, you give them something to eat. The message of the great shepherd of the sheep for us is to be shepherds with him, to be the under-shepherd serving under him, to go to the lost sheep around us, and to lead people to places of refreshment and rest and spiritual nourishment. My question for you today is an invitation to spiritual leadership. The question is, is God calling you to spiritual leadership? Let's look at some characteristics of shepherds. What does it mean to be a spiritual leader? What does it mean to be a shepherd? Letter A, shepherds are moved by compassion for lostness. Shepherds see lostness happening and their hearts hurt. Shepherds say, oh, this sheep is wandering away. These people are lost. These people don't know the answers in Jesus. These people haven't heard good news that Jesus radically changes lives. 
spiritual leaders, shepherds, are moved by compassion for lostness. There are a couple passages in scripture that talk about the the compassion of the shepherd. Uh, Isaiah 40 verse 11 says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. I love this picture of Jesus. This picture of Jesus where he's, he's gently tending his flock. He's holding the lambs in his arms. And he gently leads those who have young. He gently leads the mama sheep. He says, I'm going to help you. It's hard being a mama sheep. I'm going to help you. He's tender. He's compassionate. His heart breaks with compassion for those who are lost, for those who are directionless. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus is teaching, and he says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me! I have found my sheep! Spiritual leaders who answer God's call to lead are driven by a tender compassion. It is love. If you love people enough, if you truly love people, you will long for them to know the great shepherd Jesus. If you are truly a person of love, and most of us say that we're generally loving people, if we are truly loving people, our hearts will break for those who do not yet know Jesus because we love them so much we know what they are missing. These are people who are moved by by lostness, and we notice the state of those who are lost, and we ache over what they're missing. Do we love like that? Do we love as people who have discovered the deep love and the salvation of Jesus? Do we love like people who understand the truth of Jesus and the difference that he makes? Do we love like that? Spiritual leaders ache for the spiritually lost. Letter B. Shepherds also sacrifice for the sheep. Now, you would think that since sheep are kind of dumb and shepherds aren't, that sheep should just be honored to have the shepherds in their presence leading them. But it doesn't quite work that way. And the shepherds have to sacrifice for these sheep. Uh, The the earlier part of the Mark 6 passage goes like this. We looked at this a a few weeks ago. Mark chapter 6, verse 31. It's it's describing the setting for the feeding of the 5,000. And it says, Then, because so many people were coming and going that they, the disciples, did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Jesus had some needs here, people. Jesus is 100% divine. He is 100% human. And his humanity was telling him, we are tired. We need a rest. We need a break. And, and And they did. Those were legitimate needs. His disciples had legitimate needs. But Jesus says, actually, wait a minute. Let's put my needs on hold and let's sacrifice. Now, we, we hear a lot these days about self-care. I, I think self-care is absolutely important. I don't want us to not practice self-care, but I also don't want us to idolize it. Self-care is not God. 
And so there are times when we are called to sacrifice in a way that the culture would tell us is crazy. I think that one of the best examples of this is, is a parent sacrificing for the needs of a child. I remember when my, my boys were very little, and uh, it, was, it was in that season of life when, like, you just, uh, we had, I think we just had one baby at the time, and, uh, like, it was just, you were sick all the time because you were getting everybody's diseases. You know, every parent knows you go through that phase where there's, like, a year where you're just, like, sick all the time. And so we had that. And uh, you're, I'm getting amens here. But we had that one year. And I, I, th- I don't know if it was, I think it was, like, a flu. It was, like, some sort of flu where it's, like, you're knocked out in bed, like, can't function, like, literally can't function. And I remember how it played out in our family. Uh, I got it first, and then Adam got it, and then my oldest baby, my, my baby got it. And so I, I, start, I, I, w- I started to get better just a little bit sooner than Adam, so I was still, like, in bed. Like, we're, we're all just in bed. But at one point, down the hallway, I hear the baby crying. And I'm like, I, someone's got to get out of bed. <laughs> like, somebody's got to go deal with this poor little baby. And I was so weak. Adam couldn't, Adam couldn't move. I was so weak, I could hardly stand. I, I literally crawled down the hallway. I literally crawled down the hallway on my hands and knees, climbed up on the crib, pulled myself up, got my baby, changed his diaper, whatever he needed, and then I crawled back to bed. Now, I had some needs. I had some needs, didn't I? But it's, it's the heart of the, of the mother. And you do what you have to do because of love. Shepherds sacrifice for the sheep. Jesus says, if you love me, it's going to be a sacrifice. If you love me, I'm going to take you to places where you're going to have to give up your needs for a minute. Spiritual leadership will always require sacrifice. I don't think we get that. I think that most Christians today think, I'm going to become a Christian, then everything in my life is going to get better. And I I do hope that lots of things do actually get better. But then everything's going to get better, and then I just get to enjoy that. Well, that's actually heaven. That's coming. We can look forward to that. But in, right now, we're living in this in-between time between when Jesus came back the first time and when he's coming back the second time. And so in this season, there is suffering, there is struggle, there is a war that is being fought. And so in this time, spiritual leadership is requiring sacrifice. A total surrender to Jesus. A here am I, send me. God, take my life. I know, Lord, that a, a, a man's life is not his own. It is not for man to direct his steps. It, it's a saying, here I am, Jesus. If you're called to spiritual leadership, it is a call to sacrifice. Letter C, shepherds are fierce protectors. I think back to the Sunday school pictures that I used to see on the flannel graph of Jesus the shepherd holding this pretty little lamb. It's very, very peaceful and beautiful, and, and it's a good picture of Jesus. He does do that. But shepherds don't just cuddle sheep. They also protect the sheep from imposters. They protect the sheep from danger. They're more than just compassionate nice guys. They, they're compassionate to the point of sacrificial love, to the point of protecting from threats. Shepherds watch for signs of danger. Their ears listen for if ever there is a predator coming by. They pay attention to if there is a a disturbance among the flock. They are alert to the devil's schemes so they can protect the sheep. 
This is what spiritual leadership is. Spiritual leadership involves protecting the sheep from evil. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, some of you are sheep, and you're living your sheepy lives thinking that you don't have any enemies. There is a spiritual battle being fought over you, over those who are lost, over those who don't know Christ. There is a spiritual battle, and the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for a sheep to eat. Shepherds are fierce protectors. Shepherds go and stand on the edge of the cliff, and they say, don't come this way. Go that way. Shepherds say, be alert. There's danger. Watch out. Shepherds look for these things. There's a fierce love, a fierce protective love. I can't help but think about the, the situation in Ukraine and the, the stirring example of the Ukrainian president and how other leaders in his situation have fled their capital cities and gone into hiding, left the country, and how here this, this 44-year-old president who, who came into the presidency with, he, he didn't have any official political background. Did you know that? He didn't have any official political background. The, the, most, the closest he'd ever been to something presidential is he used to do like comedy, and so he did some spoof for, Russian for Ukrainian TV about uh, pretending to be a president. And, and all of a sudden, in this moment, he's, he's rising up and he's saying, you're not going to get my sheep. You're not going to get my sheep. I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. Jesus calls us to this church in, a, in spiritual leadership. He's calling us to get involved in people's messes. He's calling us to, very gently and in a godly, holy kind of way, to butt into people's lives and say, hey, let me give some guidance here. It takes a little bit of nerve to do this. But shepherds are fierce protectors. Letter D, final point here, shepherds go where the sheep are. Jesus goes to this remote place. <laughs> he tries to get away. But then once he realizes where the sheep are, he says, no, we're not going away. We're going to stay here. We're going to settle in. And he, he doesn't tell the disciples, hey, go to get away from the sheep. He says, no, no, get mixed up in the sheep. Enter into sheep life. They're going to be hungry. You're going to be hungry too. They're going to sit out in the sun. We're going to sit out in the sun too. B be part of sheep life. Put yourself in the company of spiritually hungry people. And if you're going to be a shepherd you better start to smell like sheep. And not just rule from a distance, keeping your distance. You, just, you better get in and be among people. Spiritual leadership requires getting in the everyday life. It means getting into the prayer lab, and then after you start in the prayer lab, leaving the prayer lab to go out into the world. That's what spiritual leadership is. So spiritual leaders are moved by compassion. We look for the lost. Our hearts break for the lost. Spiritual leaders sacrifice. Spiritual leaders are fierce protectors against the enemy. 
Spiritual leaders go where the sheep are. As we wrap up this series today, I, when, when I first began this series, and first began studying Mark 6, I, I kind of thought this, the, the sermon series was going to go in a different direction. I thought we were going to lean into the amazing abundance of God and his lavish provision. And I thought that's where we would settle. But the thing is, is that as we experience the lavish provision of God, we can't help but be called into joining his work with him. And we have been given enough. We think it's only five loaves and two fish, but Jesus multiplies it. And he says, I have given you what you need, and I'm calling you out of the multitude to the feeding and to the care of the flock. I do believe that God is calling some of you today in a new way to a new level of spiritual leadership. I don't know what that looks like for you, and I don't need to. But I have a sense that if that's you, you're sensing a stirring in your heart, and you're sensing an unsettledness that maybe God's calling you to be a spiritual influencer in a different way. Maybe it looks like as a, as a business owner saying, hey, the, the principles that I, I lead my company by, they're going to be different. And I'm going to let people know why. Maybe it looks like in the job that you go to, saying, I'm going to, I have some spiritual influence. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be a spiritual leader here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to love the sheep next to me and see where it takes me. Maybe there's a, a new layer of ministry, a new level of ministry that you've been holding out a stop hand to. And Jesus is inviting you into that. I do believe, church, that we've been called to spiritual leadership, that we have not been called to remain in the multitude, but that we've been called out. And I do believe that God has work for us to do that is not dependent on our education, it's not dependent on how much money we make, it's not dependent on who our friends are. It's all dependent on the calling of this great shepherd of the sheep. And I believe he's calling you. And so today, I, I first want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. I, if you sense that perhaps... God is calling you to some kind of spiritual leadership, to be a, a spiritual influencer in some way. I want to invite all of you to bow your heads, but I want to invite, if that's you, I want you to invite you to come forward. It's a bold move. It involves uh, resisting the inertia of staying in your seats and pushing out of the multitude to come forward. If that's you, will you just come and kneel here? Bow your heads and close your eyes and but if it's you and God's calling you out, respond, God, you're calling me to some kind of leadership. God, I need to stand bold. I need to stand strong. There's, there's a, new, a new level you're calling me to. There's a new kind of sacrifice. There's a new kind of compassion. I, I can't just sit in the multitude anymore. I've, you're calling me out to something. And I just, I, I'm saying yes to that, God, whatever that means. I'm saying yes. 
Maybe you're saying, Lord, I want to have a greater compassion for the lost. Call it out in me. If that's you, come forward. A second invitation I want to give to you today is this. If you have other business with God that needs to be dealt with, come and do that. Come forward and kneel. Maybe, you're, maybe you need to say, God, I've, I've been a sheep and I haven't been even aware of my shepherd and I, I, I want you. Maybe he's just put something else on your heart that we're not even talking about today, but you know that the Holy Spirit is stirring you. If you've got other business with God, just come forward as a way of coming out of the crowd, saying, here I am. Jesus, we are people who say yes. And to these people who are, have come forward today, they are saying yes to you, Jesus. Yes to new things, yes to new commitment, yes to new sacrifice, yes to a new level of surrendered living in you. Lord, I pray for all of us that in fresh ways you will break our hearts for those who don't know you. I pray that as we look toward the spring celebration time, as we intentionally invite unchurched friends and family to come, it's, it's partly about city life, but it's mostly about you, Jesus. And I pray that you will break our hearts for those who don't know you. That you will break our hearts for those who are missing out on, on all of the good and the beauty and the rescue that comes by having a relationship with you. Lord, stir that in us. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. Jesus, you know the desires of our heart. You know the resistance in our hearts. We offer these to you and pray that you will call us out. In your name we pray. Amen.